Good morning again. Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church. Maybe you're new, you're just checking it out. This is not a normal Sunday. It's actually a great Sunday to visit, though. You'll get to hear a little bit about the heartbeat of why we gather here Sunday after Sunday, what God is doing in our midst and what we are hoping and praying and in faith believing he's going to continue to do. But we're glad you're here. If you are new, a couple of things we'd invite you to do. One is in the program you, you should have received as you came in. There's a little portion there that if you give us some information, we'll be happy to connect with you. We can answer any questions that, that uh, you may have. And uh, I was going to say place that in the offering basket, but you've already missed that opportunity. You're welcome to, to hand it to anybody out there in the lobby that has a name badge on or even one of our children's ministry check-in uh, folks back there, they'd be glad to greet you. And I'd love to meet you as well. Eric Hoffman, our campus pastor, whom you'll get to know a little bit more in just a few minutes, uh, will be up here at the front after the service and would love to say hello to you. Well, those of you that attend fellowship regularly, you may be thinking, man, we kind of got gypped on the music part of the worship service. Uh, don't worry, they're coming back. Uh, we wanted to begin and end our service this morning with a significant time of worship, so I know I'm really looking forward to that. I want to give you a few thoughts about the text that Mandy just read. So if you have your Bibles with you, and I hope, I hope you brought your Bible or at least a device or something, I'd love for you to, to open it to Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to point out, just by way of observation, a couple thoughts around this text as a way to bridge in uh, a time of just sharing about uh, Fellowship Bible Church and specifically Fellowship Franklin and where we're headed. This passage, as much or maybe more than any other passage in the whole of Scripture, I think gives a blueprint for what it looks like to be a church. And I don't know if you thought about that this morning when you walk through these doors, but when you come and you take your seat or you stand or you engage or you're in this room as a part of this worship service, it's more than just coming to observe. You know, it's more than just um, uh, going to a, a show or a play. In fact, we don't want it to be about that at all. We don't want us in this room to be consumers. We want us to be participants. We want us to literally be the body of Christ, as Mandy was just reading about. And this text, this particular portion of Scripture, really charges us, encourages us to do that. In fact, I think what Paul's doing to this body of believers that were meeting in this town, the city of Ephesus, in the, the first century A.D., is he was vision casting for them, which is a little bit what we want to do this morning. And no better place to ground us in as we do that than in Ephesians chapter 4. So just very briefly, I want to take a few minutes and I want to point out the who, the what, and the why of this passage. So look, first of all, in verse 6, which is one verse earlier than what Mandy read. We have one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. In other words, if you ever want to know the who behind why we, do, why we gather, what we do here at Fellowship, it's always got to begin with the glory of God. He is in all. He is through all. He is over all. He is the one God that we've come to worship, expressed in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. That's got to be the beginning place for what we do. So you'll notice, don't put it on the slide yet, on the screen yet, but in a minute, we're going to say our mission statement together. You'll notice our mission statement begins with to glorify God. That's the beginning of our purpose. That's the who. But there's another who in this text as well. In verse 7, but to each one of us, to each one of us, what Paul is saying to this body of believers, which probably would have been around this size 
in Ephesus. Now, they would have been meeting primarily in homes, and large homes, and gathering, but they from time to time would have gathered for baptisms and other things together as a body. Secretly, by that time uh, in Roman history, the uh, persecution was rising under emperors that were trying to squash this new form of Judaism as they saw it at that time. And these bodies would have gathered in these cities, this one in the city of Ephesus, and they would have worshipped God, they would have glorified God. Paul is encouraging to say, each one of you has a part in this. In fact, the point of this whole passage, as we'll read in just a minute, is that the work of the ministry is not done by some um, clergy, some, some paid person. The real work of the ministry is done by the body of Christ with all the members working together. So the who is to the glory of God, and the who is also to be carried out by each one of us, verse 7. Well, what is the what? Look at the words right after each one of us in verse 7. To each one of us, grace. Grace was given. I don't know about you, but whenever I hear that word, I just kind of breathe a little bit easier. Grace. Now, in this context, the kind of grace that Paul is talking about is he's given us gifts to be able to minister. He's given us the grace of different things that we do being unique parts of the body all working together. That's part of the grace that you've received. You've been given grace in order to serve. That's the what. Grace has been given. Well, why? Why has grace been given to you? Look down at verse 12. Grace has been given to us as a body, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the, of, the, of the service, the work of service. Now, if you look at the verse that follows in 13, there are three different aspects, the way that that work of service flows out of us, three goals, if you will, that Paul is encouraging this church body for. Number one, unity of faith. Look at that in verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of faith. If there's one thing that I believe more than anything else will shine a bright light in our culture, in our city, it's for us as a body of Christ to be unified around the good news of Jesus Christ. And why do I think that's such a big deal? Because it's so rare. It is so rare for a group of people in this day and age to be unified around anything anything. The only time I, I, really, I really feel that sense is when, when I'm at a ball game and I'm sitting on the home side. You know, you're looking around, you're like, we're all wearing red except for one guy, right? The outsider, right? We're unified in cheering for that team. That's my vision for us as a body. When we come here, we worship, we celebrate, we celebrate baptisms, we hear a life change story, what God is doing, that we would be cheering, that we would be on the same side, that we would be unified in the faith. That's the first goal. Number two, to the knowledge of Christ. Let's keep, keep on going in verse 13. The knowledge of the Son of God. My prayer for all of us is that you would know more deeply, more intimately, your Savior, Jesus Christ. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes and how we want to do some new things even to help you know Jesus more intimately. So number one, unity. Number two, knowledge of Jesus or knowledge of the Son of God. And then number three, if you keep reading, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness 
of Christ. Now here Paul is defining Christian maturity. And he's not defining it in the sense of, you know, having memorized all your, your Bible verses. He's not defining it in the sense of being able to spout out all, all in incredible depth of theology. He, he's not defining maturity as someone who frequently has some emotional experience in their walk with the Lord. All those things are good. All those things have their places. But the measure of our maturity is how much we look and act like Jesus Christ. He is our standard. He's the one in whose image we are being formed. Those are our three goals. Unity, knowledge of Christ, maturity, becoming like Jesus. The who is first and foremost God, and then we are called as individuals to worship him and serve him. The what is we've been given grace. Why have we been given grace? We've been given grace so that we might be unified, so that we might know Christ, and so that we might become like him, so that we may mature in our faith. That's why we exist. That's our purpose for being. In fact, I'd like for you now, we'll put it up on the screen, our mission statement here at Fellowship Bible Church. I want to say that with you. Uh, in fact, if you would, I'm going to ask you to stand up as well. And the reason we stand is not because this text is sacred. No, this text is actually rooted in the sacred text. But we stand once again to represent that we are a body in Christ, unified together, committed to a mission. So let's say this mission statement together, uh, if we would. To glorify God by proclaiming Christ, maturing in the faith, and giving our lives away. You can take a seat. Glorify God by proclaiming Christ, maturing in the faith, and giving our lives away. Now, I want to remind us of a couple of distinctives of Fellowship Bible Church, because it's a little bit of a unique church. I guess you could say that about any church, but there are a couple things in particular about Fellowship Bible that I want to remind us. And of course, the first thing that, that we know when we gather here is we are Fellowship Franklin, which is a location or a campus or a congregation, you can use any of those words, is fine, of Fellowship Nashville. And so there are two locations right now. A third is in the works, Fellowship Brentwood, Fellowship Franklin, uh, soon to launch, uh, Lord willing, in 2016, Fellowship South Nashville, or it may be Green Hills, maybe somewhere along those lines. The, uh, the exact name is, is yet to come. And what we believe God has called us to be in this community, it, I would say, could be described with two distinctives. Number one, we want to be a church that takes God's word seriously. Uh, we're a church that consistently preaches the scripture in a way that could be described as expository teaching. And that's sort of our first distinctive I want to talk about for just a minute. What does that mean? It simply means that week in, uh, week, in week out, when we come up here, our focus is on God's word. And more often than not, what we're doing is we're taking a book of the Bible, or in the case of our Abraham series, um, part of a book of the Bible, a number of chapters, and we're walking through it verse by verse and paragraph by paragraph and explaining as deeply as we know how what the original intent of the author of Scripture inspired by the Holy Spirit was for the original audience of that Scripture. And then we apply it to our day and time here in our body. So that's what expository teaching is all about. It doesn't mean that that's the only right way to teach. It doesn't mean that all the other churches that take more of a topical approach or a different approach, that they're sinning or they're in the wrong. It, it simply means that we believe God has called us as a church to be about this book and to clearly teach, to clearly exposit this book, and that we can all apply it to our lives. 
Bible is literally in our middle name, if you want to think of it that way. Fellowship Bible Church. We're committed to that. We will, Lord willing, always be committed to that. That's one of the distinctives I wanted to remind us of. The second distinctive is we're about team. And that's a little bit odd for a church. We don't have a senior pastor. We don't have one uh, preacher that preaches the majority of the time. We have a team of men who come. And right now there are four teachers on our team. Lloyd Shadrach, Michael Easley, Bill Wellens, and myself. And some of you, because I'm relatively new, I've been here about a little less than a year, at least a part of this congregation, a little less than a year. Some of you are wondering, how does this actually shape up and shape out? Are we moving in any particular direction with the teaching rotation? And I would say, we are at a, a place where right now they've asked me, the elders have, to teach about half of the time, 50% of the time here at Franklin, and the other 50% of the time will be one of those other three men who come down here. Now, some of them may come more than others, um, Bill has been tasked with the role of directional leadership of Fellowship Nashville for the whole organization. So he's teaching a bit less. He'll actually be down here in a couple of weeks. You get to see Bill again. But I would say primarily it'll be myself and Lloyd and Michael. And then we also have Eric Hoffman who teaches about six to eight times a year. And you've heard from Eric even recently a couple of times this summer. He does a great job of teaching God's word as well. So we believe in a team approach to teaching. We believe in a team approach to worship. You heard from Mandy this morning and her team. Uh, Tim Head is the worship leader that's designated for Franklin. He's a full-time member of our staff here, and he leads worship about half the time. And then you'll be hearing also from Luke Brown this fall and into next spring as well. Luke's been here worshiping with us several times, and he'll be back in a little bit more of a, uh, of a rotation with us. We're excited. We love all these worship leaders. They all do a great job. God's gifted this body in incredible, I would say ridiculous ways musically, which kind of makes sense given where we're at geographically, but I still have not gotten used to it yet. I love it. It's really fun to be here on the worship. So we, we uh, teach on a team. We worship, lead worship on a team. We also lead this body with a team. And this is the part I want to talk about here. In fact, I want to go ahead and ask Eric Hoffman to come up here. Uh, many of you, almost all of you, know Eric. Eric's been here a good bit longer than me. Eric, is, uh, his title is campus pastor, which essentially means he's the one that launched this campus. And Eric is responsible for the environment. Eric's responsible for the ministries launching, making sure that this church, this location, launched well about four and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm here, the role that we have together is to lead by team. Mm -hmm. So this congregation of Fellowship Franklin, uh, Eric and I are asked or, or tasked with leading the staff under the authority of the elders, under the leadership of the elders. So I'm on the teaching team. I'm also on a leadership team with Eric. And I got to tell you, one of my greatest joys that I've had in the last 12 months or so since arriving here is working with this guy. It's really been a blessing. He is a gifted leader. And those of you that know him well know he has a heart for God's word, a heart for the gospel. He loves people and walks with them well. And Eric, I want to ask you to kind of just interact with me. And I want to ask you, first yeah. of all, to sort of explain your role a little more clearly because it's changed a good bit in yeah, the last year. Absolutely. So yeah, five years ago um, when Melissa and I moved here, we moved here not knowing where we were going to actually launch the campus. So we moved to Nashville, lived on uh, Old Hickory, Nippers Corner, which I think everyone when they moved to Nashville lives there. And, uh, and so we're, we're there and we're just praying, God, where, where, do you, uh, where do you want us to plant this church? And so when, when Fellowship Franklin became uh, apparent that we were going to move here and, and launch Franklin, 
it just, it just was it, everything that it took to get off the ground. So my hands were in everything from ordering the chairs to the first Sunday, unpacking the chairs and bringing them in on a dolly. I mean, that was kind of, my role was everything and getting things off the ground, working with every part of the staff. And so over the, the last couple of years, what, what's happened was about year two, uh, year three of this campus, what became really clear to us, um, Melissa and I, was that I needed and longed for a partner leader. And so I, I began uh, talking to uh, Bill and, and Lloyd and Michael about, you know, I really think the direction for our long-term health would be to have a, a teaching leader at, at Fellowship Franklin, but also someone that I can come alongside of and we can have a leadership team where we can, we can share some of the capacity and weight of leading this campus well. And so I, we started praying for Rob before we knew it was Rob. And uh, it took about two years uh, to, to find Rob. He's that unique. I'm just, um, and so, uh, so we were praying for that. And, and really, when, uh, when we uh, met Rob, we knew he was the right guy because Rob uh, thinks strategically, but he also has such a passion for the, the teaching leadership. So that's Rob's main responsibility is teaching leadership. And so mine is, it went from a, a generalist role to kind of whatever it, it takes to get things off the ground and launch ministries. It's now moving into more of where how God has wired me and how God has gifted me to lead things, strategic initiatives, leadership development, and discipleship. Those are the, the three areas that I'm going to be focusing more on uh, in my time. So that's what I'm going to be giving uh, leadership to. So when we say strategic initiatives, one of those things that I've been giving leadership to uh, for all these years is our building, construction, and the design and look of it and how it, how it functions and operates. So this is actually our third phase of construction. So pretty much my whole time at Fellowship Franklin has been leading construction projects, it feels like, to some degree. But uh, so this is our, fir- our third and final phase of, of construction. And so we, uh, you know, a little while ago, we were thinking about it, and we were reaching capacity in our learning center, but we still had seats in here. And so we wanted to build more uh, children's space so that we could actually even out the capacity so we could have as many adults in here at the ratio and, and kids in there. And so for every two adults in here, there is one kid in the learning center. Normal churches, we're not normal, let's, just, just get, let's go ahead and get that out of the way. <laughs> normal churches are about four to one, four adults to one in the learning center. So when we tell other churches that we're two to one, they're like, that's crazy. Like, what's in the water at Franklin that you guys are like, are doing all this? And so, uh, so that's been what we've been doing in here to, to reach more people. We need more children's space. Now, uh, that leads us to the next question. Some of you are thinking, well, it feels full in here at capacity right now, adults-wise. And I, I just want to like, just, just talk about that for a minute. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do with our facility, and how are we going to operate? Well, I, what, I wanna, what I want to tell you is that uh, right now we have about 375 seats in here, and we average about 275 adults. So there are 100 empty seats in this room right now. So we have, we have capacity to grow, but what we're going to do is we're going to reorganize some of our seats. We're going to get over about 420 seats in this space. So we have capacity in two services to, re- to reach over 1,200 people in this facility. So this facility is serving us really, really well. So we have opportunity to grow. We have opportunity to expand even in the space with just two services. The one thing I would say that you could help us out is, is show up on time um, and, and don't take the edges kind of move into the center. I know, I know we're particular about, like, we want to get in early so we can get our edge seat in our particular location. But if we're going to be a church that is really going to take our mission seriously, that we want to proclaim Christ and see other people come to faith in Christ, we need to be a hospitable church 
that allows people to find seats easily. It sounds so simple, but really, when it's hard to find a seat when everyone's standing up and you don't know where the seats are, because Rob and I can look out right here and we can see seats all over the place. And so for us, it's a mental shift for us to say, I'm going to show up early and I'm going to take a middle seat so someone else has a, an ability to find a seat easily. It's actually living out our mission. It's just being hospitable so that the community can come in and find our seat. So one of the things that we would say is um, uh, in the next, after this, after this phase of construction, we're ending up in the next two weeks. We're going to open all of our classrooms in the next two weeks, which we're really, really excited about. But after, after this phase of construction is done, one of the things that I'm, I'm going to be tasked with is thinking through long-term, what is our per- permanent facility? Is there, are we going to build? Or are we going to launch? Or we, what are we going to do? And that's going to be one of the things I'm going to be focusing on as a tr- strategic initiative going forward. But one thing I want to be crystal clear, that Rob and I want to be crystal clear on, the reason why we would expand, the reason why we build, is because we want to reach our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's just what we want to be super clear on. So whether we build permanently, whether we continue this space or launch something else, it's so that the gospel goes and is proclaimed in our city. That is what we want to be crystal clear on. And that God is in control of our growth and that we as a body want to steward those that he brings our way. And so that's what we're talking about this morning. How do we steward what God is doing and how God is leading us? And so that's what we're talking about here today. Yeah. Fantastic. When, that, when I think about our facility, honestly, when I visited here, uh, best about a year ago, we were, we were kind of checking out the place, and I, I drove up, and I thought, wow, <laughs> it doesn't look like much from the outside. Yeah. And then I came in, I saw that lobby, and then we, we were visiting on a Sunday morning, and I saw you all interacting together, engaging with each other in that lobby, and I thought, man, this space serves really well. Mm-hmm. And I came into this room, and I thought, it just feels like I'd visited Brentwood the, the night before in the Saturday service. I thought, this feels like fellowship. Like it has that same vibe, that same feel to it. And the same with our children's ministry classroom. So I want to reiterate what Erica said. God has blessed us with this facility. I mean, it looks like a warehouse, mm-hmm. but uh, God is doing and has done some wonderful things. But pray along with us, if you would. We're, we're thinking maybe it may be three years, four years, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. We're praying uh, if we continue to grow. And listen, God's in charge of our growth, mm-hmm. you know, so we'll see what, what he does there. But we may be looking at um, moving to a, a permanent spot. So pray, be praying with us. But in the meantime, I know you're grateful for this space. Yeah. I certainly am. Yeah, and if you have any land or you want to donate something, I mean, just let us know. Yeah. Talk to Eric, yeah. <laughs> our negotiator. Well, within that broad mission of fellowship, which we've kind of been focusing on so far, I want to tell you about three priorities, three areas of strategic focus that we believe God is calling us to over the next 12 months. And we, we in ministry, uh, in church world, we tend to think of kind of the school calendar. I know those of you with children still school age, you think that way too a little bit. But that's the rhythm that we're on. So the reason that we're having a Mission Vision Sunday now is because for us, it's like New Year. Is just starting. So for the next 12 months, and I'd say these priorities will probably stretch in well beyond the next 12 months. We have three main priorities, and we want to spend the rest of our time together this morning before, before we sing some more, talking through these three areas. And I want to list all three of them to you first, and then we'll come back and talk about each one of them in kind. The first is making disciples. The second is becoming a family of faith. And the third is equipping families, making disciples, becoming a family of faith, and equipping families. So first, let's talk about making disciples. Now, this is another area that primarily falls under Eric's uh, responsibility. So Eric, I want you to go ahead and talk about that. 
I mean, as a church, I mean, Jesus makes it very clear that every believer's primary purpose is to go and make disciples. It's called the Great Commission. So as a church, it's always going to be central of what we do is going and making disciples, maturing them in the faith, seeing that they come to faith. And so one of the things that we've, uh, we've wanted to do as a priority that this next year, what we've been doing the last couple of years is we've really found uh, some fruit bearing in, in doing our men's discipleship and how we've been doing that, a reproducing discipleship model. And so we've been seeing God's life just transformed by the gospel. And so one of the things that we want to do is, is really have a, a consistent way of what do we mean by how people change? Like, how, what do we actually mean when we say... Um, that the people change, like to, to mature in the faith or how people change. or It's just not behavior modification. We actually want to see people transform, like their lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus. And so what, what we mean by this and what we're going to say all across is how people change is not just by believing the gospel once, like you came to faith and you believe and trusted the gospel once, but you actually grow by continually trusting Jesus by continually putting your faith and trust in what Christ has done for us. So it's not about our performance that we read more, we try harder. It's not pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, but we actually change by trusting Jesus more, putting our functional trust or everyday life in him, and it's only him who can change our hearts. Like, that's what we mean when we say transformation in Christ. And so that's what we've been doing in men, and we've been able to see this fruit uh, work in this. And so what we're going to be doing over the next couple years is when we're starting with staff, we want all of our staff to see their primary role as making disciples. And so what we're going to be doing this whole next year is walking them through a process of how do you lead others in that way? And we believe that when we started with men, the reason why we started with men, because we believe if men lead their household, they will also lead the church. And so we want to equip men first, then the staff. And then one of the things we're going to do is expand this to all of our leaders. So this is my task is to develop leaders in this way. We believe that when you actually experience life transformation, you want to steward that into other people. It's one of those things like when you experience something good in your life, you can't keep it uh, hidden in. And so that's why we're working with leaders and developing leaders in this way so that as leaders experience this transformation in the gospel, they want to steward it into people they're already leading or lead new things in our church. And so the, becoming a, a leader and developing leaders is always a challenge for a church, and we're being proactive in this and saying, if we're going to do this well, we want to focus in with the leaders and walk them through a process, an intentional process that is the same in every, in every department, every area, every ministry, and so that we can focus in on these leaders so that they can steward the life change in others. Going back to Ephesians 4.12, that we're equipping the saints for the work of ministry. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to be about. We want to be about equipping you all to do the work of the ministry. It's not just us who believe in you. It's God who believes in you and has given you his spirit and given you gifts. And we want to see you steward those and walk confidently in how you do ministry. Some of you just don't, aren't doing ministry because you don't feel confident or you don't know how you're gifted or you don't know how you're wired. That's why we want to start this process uh, to develop you and to see you walk in the ministry that God has equipped and, and, and really given you by his grace to do, to make an impact in others. And so that's what we're going to be about this next year is how do people change? And, and that is going to be a, a process that we're going to walk through in all, all ministries, all departments, and developing leaders to steward that life change into others. 
And I think the way that you'll sort of feel this change as I've thought about this mm -hmm. is one, it's, it's not doing radically different what we've already been doing. It's more about an alignment that we say, all right, we're, we're already doing great things in women's ministry. We're doing great things in men's ministry and student ministry and children's ministry. Yeah. But how do we bring these together with this singular focus of making disciples? It's mm -hmm. the call of the church that Jesus gave to his disciples and therefore has been passed down to us even, even today in 2015. Mm -hmm. So one of the ways we're going to equip you, because that's our role as staff members, is to equip you, the body. Uh, I'm particularly excited about. We're going to have four times this next ministry year, two in the fall, two in the spring, on a Sunday night, we're going to offer a variety of equipping workshops for you. It's kind of like electives. If you think back to high school and college, you get to choose what you want to go to. That's going to be what this is all about. Our first one is coming up just in a, a few weeks, a couple of weeks, September 13th, <coughs> Sunday night. If you don't have plans already on your calendar, I'd love for you to mark this date down. I think we've got a slide about it, 530 to 7:30. Let me tell you what your electives are, what your, your three choices are for this particular one. The, the first is discovering God's word for yourself. This is a workshop that we've actually done before last spring. Dan Hickling, who's a member here at our body, um, has developed what I think is a very simple but profoundly helpful way to engage with God's Word on your own. It's something you can learn in about 45 minutes, uh, and then the rest of the time is actually spent in a workshop working through a text and engaging with it. Uh, those of you that went through it last year, you know how helpful it is. So we've asked Dan to come again and walk through that workshop with us. So discovering God's Word for yourself. No better way to mature in the faith, if you think about it, than by engaging in God's Word on your own. Mm -hmm. That's the first one, discovering God's Word for yourself. The second is following Jesus through baptism. And this class is particularly for those, whether uh, you're a parent of, of children that have questions about baptism, or maybe you as an adult have never been baptized, or maybe you're unsure if your baptism counts, you know? <laughs> we get that question sometimes. This is a great workshop for you to come to. It's not a commitment that you're going to be baptized at the next baptism service. However, I will say the next baptism service is going to be Party on the Lawn, uh, which is October. I don't know if we've released that date or not. You remember it's like the October date? October 4th. October yeah. 4th, whatever that early Sunday is in October is going to be party on the lawn at Brentwood. Those of you that have been around, you know what that's all about. Hot air balloons and food trucks and all that stuff. We always do baptism at that. If you'd like to be baptized at party on the lawn, you need to come, if at all possible, to this workshop on September 13th here at, uh, at Fellowship Franklin, following Jesus through baptism. And then the third uh, elective or the third workshop is called Living Out the Mission Where You Live, Work, and Play. And this is going to be a little bit of a roundtable discussion from some folks in our body that are engaging already with their neighbors, just doing simple things, not intimidating, like going, ringing a doorbell and going through the, the four spiritual laws, but just being friends with people, the art of neighboring, so to speak. And we're going to talk about what it could look like for all of us, mm -hmm. everybody, just to be engaging in the mission in deeper and deeper ways. So living out the mission where you live, work, and play. Now, some of you may have you know, put the pieces of this puzzle together, it's no accident that these three workshops correspond to the three parts of our mission statement. So proclaiming Christ, right? We're, we're talking about baptism. Maturing in the faith, talking about studying God's word, interacting with it on your own, and giving our lives away. We're talking about neighboring, and we're talking about living out the mission where you live, work, and play. So each of these workshops, and there'll be four of them throughout the year, are going to offer a variety, a different set 
Uh, some of them may, um, may duplicate, but by and large, a different set of workshops for you. And it's our way of saying, hey, above and beyond Sunday mornings, which is also designed for equipping, but above and beyond that, we want to be able to go deep with you, centered around the gospel. How do you live out this mission that we all recited earlier? So you'll be hearing more information about those. By the way, you can go ahead and register for September 13th. I think the link is live. If you go to our webpage, you should see some information about it. Um, you do need to register just so we can make sure we know how many to expect and you'll hear more about that next week and child as care well. is, is provided as well yeah, yeah thank you for mentioning that uh we are just going to be wrapping up our abraham series in about a month or so believe it or not it, it's in a sense it's gone on a while but in another sense it feels to me it's gone quick this abraham series so i want to give you a preview of what we're going to be starting sometime in the month of october when we get to it we're going to be doing a series that's rooted in a single text of scripture probably the text that more than any other speaks to the gospel speaks to what jesus did kind of the historic truth behind it and the way it lives out in our lives and so each week we'll be looking at this text and each week we'll be talking about what it means for the gospel to do exactly what eric talked about earlier not just enter into our intellectual brains initially although certainly proclaiming faith in jesus at any point in your life saves you and your, your, your salvation is secure, but what does it mean for the gospel to go deep enough to begin to transform you? And so this series we'll do for four weeks or four or five weeks in the fall is all going to be about gospel transformation. It's going to kind of ground us in what's most important. I think about the, uh, the old football coach, um, Vince Lombardi, when he picked up the football to his men and he said, gentlemen, this is a football. Right, that's kind of the goal for this gospel series. What is our message? What is the core truth that we believe that saves us and transforms us? It is the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into that, and I'm excited about that series yeah. uh, coming up. Yeah. So that, that's our first uh, priority is making disciples. Now, our second priority is something that we've been about uh, for the last couple years in, in many ways, but it's called uh, it's really becoming a family of faith. It's one of the things... Um, when we first walked through this building, one of the things that we wouldn't have designed it this way, but the thing that I love is that everybody walks through the same place. Like you ha you, as soon as you walk in our doors, you're like in the life of our church. Like you're in, you're in it. And so everyone, there's not like multiple places to exit and, and get out without talking to people. Like you have to be intentional to not even make eye contact with somebody going through. And so we wouldn't have designed our space that way, to be, be quite honest. But one of the things that has been such a blessing is, is that it really has made us rethink Okay, we don't just want to be a community of believers. We actually want to live and function like a family of faith. Like we actually want to, people to know one another and be known. And that takes intentionality. So starting about two years ago, we really started to, to amp this up a little bit. That's why we have space in between our services so people can connect in the lobby. That's why we started a thing called Community Meal where we actually just had a shared meal together. That's why we launched Dinner for Eight. That's why, that's why we've done picnics all throughout the year. We're doing all of those things so that we actually start to become a family of faith. And one of the things that, uh, that we notice is that it can't be just part of our job. This is such a big deal. Like this is, this is one of the priorities that we, we're really excited about because it really will impact all of us is how do we live as a family of faith? We didn't want it to just be part of Rob's job or part of my job to pull off certain things or come up with ideas. We want it to be someone's main focus of their job. And so we've made a hire in uh, beginning of June around this. And we found uh, Paige Stroop. She's already been on staff at Fellowship Nashville. 
and Fellowship Brentwood. And I want to welcome uh, Paige Stroop up. Would you welcome officially Paige uh, to their team in Fellowship Franklin? So, uh, so Paige uh, has been on staff uh, for the last nine years at Fellowship Brentwood and Student Ministries, but I'm excited for her to be down here in this with her primary focus. It's, it's who she is. It's, it's, what, it's what she lives and breathes. And so I'm excited for her gifting and what she does to uh, add to our team, because between Rob and I, we couldn't organize ourselves out of a, I don't even know what the phrase would be, but we can't organize ourselves. And so Paige is, uh, Paige is just bringing so much leadership to this. So Paige, would you introduce yourself? Uh, just tell a little bit about who you are, but then also why this role is just such a great fit for you, and then how you even got into this role. Yes. Yeah. Well, Paige Drew, been at Fellowship, my family and I, for about 10 years, and actually started here just as a girl graduated from college in Nashville trying to figure life out, and met my husband at Fellowship Brentwood, and so we've been a part of that body and the student ministry there for the last nine years. Zach and I, as we were serving in student ministry, had our first child four years ago. Landon is four, super outgoing, athletic, spunky first child. (laughs) And then about six months ago, we had our second child, Connor. And it was about that season that we kind of started to feel this stirring a little bit inside of us. Like, we felt like some things were possibly coming to an ending. And kind of like we learned through the Abraham season, like, endings are never fun and we kind of always resist them because we're comfortable where we are. And so it was at the beginning of this year that we started feeling this stirring for a new season and a friend connected me that is a part of this body to Eric and that they were looking for this new position and we started a conversation and it was like okay Lord like it was very clear that he was opening this door mm-hmm. for this new season for our life. And so we started this transition in the spring to go from the Brentwood campus to this campus here, Franklin, and then to leave the student ministry there and to be able to jump into this new role. And it has just been so clear and fun to see the Lord create this position that helps communicate and bring clarity to all the ministries going on here, Mm -hmm. but then to be able to help connect the body together and help create this family of faith. And it's such a part of Zach and I's story over the last 10 years, how we found community and our best friends and started a family and really matured in who we are here at Fellowship to be able to continue to get to do that at this body, Fellowship Franklin. So my role is really just to help create environments for us to be a family of faith and to help create clarity so we all can gather together and be there, whether it's the picnics we had a few weeks ago or the membership gathering tonight, just to get to help set everybody up to come be, be together and enjoy a meal. The second piece of my role is to be able to help integrate new people into our body. As I talked about, we keep growing and new families keep coming. And how do we, how do we step into this family? How do we get to be a part of the process? Mm-hmm. And so the first step of that, that process is explore. We've got one actually coming up here September 13th. And that's just a chance on Sunday morning for anybody that's just been kind of checking it out but not quite sure what's all going on. This Sunday's a lot, kind of more of what we've dove into a little bit this Sunday to discover what fellowship is all about, our core values, our missions, and ask questions to see if it's the place that the Lord is drawing you in to be called your family. So if you kind of haven't taken that step, this would be your great first step and I'll help kind of communicate and help keep you in touch with being a part of that Sunday morning class. The second part is connect and this is an evening 
on Sunday night where we come in and gather around a table to be a family, to enjoy a meal, and to connect with each other, whether that's relationally and finding a place to be, to be known and grown in your relationship with the Lord, or whether it's a place to be able to serve and give your life away in the way that God's wired and made you. So here at the end of September, we've got Connect coming up, and that's a great chance whether you've been here for a few weeks or you've been here for a few years, but you just don't feel like you've connected yet, this would be a great night for you to be able to come be a part of. And then the last step of this process is join, which is where we talk about what's it mean to be a, me- a covenant member of fellowship, for you to be a disciple of Christ and invite others and walk through others through that discipleship process and what it is that God's done in your story and how to become a member of this body and continue your story there. So would love to be able to, to get to know a lot of you guys, whether it's through these classes or through our gatherings, but just so thankful to be a part of this team and this body as as we continue to grow in the way God has for us this year. Yeah. Thank you, Paige. Paige will be giving uh, tons of leadership on that and clarity on that. So if you're going to see Paige primarily in the lobby or working these events. So please grab, grab Paige. If you want to get even we have teams that help pull off these different events and picnics. If you want to be part of that in hospitality, we would love to have you. So please connect with Paige. And thanks, Paige. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, of, one of the things, uh, too, is we, we hired a part-time person, Jamie uh, Edwards, who's going to be uh, doing child care at these events because we have a lot of kids and we need, uh, we need to kind of have, it would probably be impossible for you to come to things like equipping, uh, things like uh, connect and explore without some form of childcare. And so Jamie's going to be giving leadership to that. And so we're so thankful um, for that as well. Um, tonight is, is a great example of, of us being a family sitting down as a family talking about uh, family business. And so we're, at, we're gathering all of our members together tonight to celebrate what God's done, what he's doing, and, and even prepare for the future of how we're going to be uh, launching out into this. So that's what membership gathering is all about tonight. One thing I want uh, us to do is almost even shift um, your thinking a little bit is in the lobby. Uh, it is such an asset and a resource for us. Uh, and so one of the things I, I would love for us each to do is, is to think of it how can I meet someone new in that space? Not just walk through it and get to my car or walk through it to, to get to the worship center, but how can I meet someone new that I don't know, connect with someone new, or uh, get to know someone in, in a deeper way, have a, a more meaningful conversation with someone I already do know, ask more deliberate questions, invite them to a meal after, after church, uh, share a meal with them at, at your house. And then the third one would be, how can I meet someone new and then pull them into um, a relationship I already know? Like Rob needs to meet this person because they're from the same place. So it's connect other people, connect with other people, and introduce yourself to other people. That's what we, that's what we want the lobby to be. And so we need you to become a family of faith. We really need every person to be about this intentionally. We can't just have it just be a part of Paige's job description or part of my initiatives or, or, or any of those things. It has to be all of us living with intentionality for that to happen. And so would you kind of make that shift with us as we uh, prioritize that this year? Yeah, that's a great vision. All right, we've talked about two, and I want to I go through this third one very quickly, not because it's less important, but because we're in our early stages of just dreaming and imagining what that is. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about making disciples. We've talked about becoming a family of faith. The third one is equipping families. So let me just cast a little bit of vision for this one. One of the things I realized very early on by living in Franklin is this is like the greatest place in America to raise kids. <laughs> like, I actually think it may literally be the greatest place in America yeah. to raise kids that I, that I know of anyway. And we have a ton of kids. 
kids, right? Eric said that ratio of two to one as far as two adults for one kid. That's about double for an average church. So as Eric and I have talked and prayed and along with some other members of our staff about what would God call us to be about specifically, one of the things that emerged is what would it look like for us to be great at helping to equip families to be the primary disciple makers of their kids. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about it this way, if you think about the church as like the place where you outsource the spiritual development of your children, we want to change that mindset over time. We want you to see yourselves as a mom, a dad, or an older brother, older sister, an aunt or an uncle, or a spiritual godparent, that kind of thing. We want you to see yourself as your job to disciple these kids and these teenagers and these young adults. But for most of you in the room, you're thinking, well, I don't have a clue, really, how to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm good just to keep my life going as it is. How am I supposed to really help someone else develop their spiritual life? We want to equip you to do that. And what I would say now is we have a fantastic children's ministry, we have a fantastic student ministry, but we haven't done a whole lot as it relates to equipping you to be the primary disciple makers of your kids. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to go after. And we don't know what that'll look like yet. More things will be coming over the next 12 months, probably 24 and 36 months. We'll kind of have some benchmarks for launching different things. We are praying about hiring an additional leader that would have the title of family pastor, someone to help us strategize to really ask... How do we integrate? So from the time a child is born until they graduate from high school and even beyond, how do we have kind of a holistic approach, a holistic strategy to helping that child come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and then grow in their faith? And how do we equip you all in your homes to do that? Mm -hmm. So a lot of work to be done. But I know Eric shares this passion that I have is what more exciting work could we do than investing in this next generation to follow Jesus Christ? Yeah, and this this is kind of more uh, imagined with us. I mean, we think about our context of, of where we are. God is, you know, when, when Paul's writing letters uh, to, to specific churches, he's thinking about their context of what they're going through. When we're, when we're thinking about our context of our city, what is our city's values? What are our, how are we going to best reach our city with the gospel? So would you imagine with us, I mean, maybe you're thinking, I've raised my kids, I'm done with that season. Maybe that's where you're at and you're just like, oh, he's talking about somebody else. No, if we're going to be a family of faith, we're talking about people who have already raised the toddlers and changed all the diapers, stepping in to be mentors and to help younger parents in that season. Imagine with us what it would look like for, for you to become an adoptive grandparent, in a sense, or for kids who come to our student ministry who their parents don't know, don't, don't, ha- don't have faith. Like, how, how do we uh, take those spiritual orphans into our body and care for them? Imagine with us what it would look like if parents didn't just invest in their kids and send them to music lessons in private schools. But that, that's great. But what if their primary investment in their kids' life were to take their time, talent, and treasure to disciple their children, to be the main spiritual influence in their kids' lives? We want to equip that possibility, that reality. Imagine with us what it would look like if you actually had your house become a redemptive force in your neighborhood. Imagine what it would look like if your kids' friends came over for dinner and at the dinner table they experienced something very different at your house than they ever did at their own house. And they begin asking questions and you're able to proclaim Christ to them and they come to the faith. 
Imagine what it would look like if that was a reality, not just here in the church in the four walls, but in neighborhoods, in my neighborhood, in in your neighborhood, in where you live, work, and play, if that was the reality. We want to lead in a way that serves and stewards, not just talking about a family of faith, but becoming a family of faith and seeing that become part of our mission to our community. I'm excited about this. Can you guys tell? I got off my stool for this. <laughs> I mean, I, I really, I really, I really believe this because as I've been uh, walking my oldest through the Jesus Storybook Bible, I see him start to come alive and ask questions, and I see God drawing him into a relationship, and I get pumped about it. But Melissa and I also say we can't do this alone. We need you, parents who have have gone through this before, to encourage us when we're just like we're just dog tired. And we, and we need somebody else to love on our kids and tell them about Jesus and, and, and to encourage my wife and all sorts of things. We need, we need each other. This isn't a solo act. And so I believe when we talk about family of faith, this directly ties into equipping faith, equipping, equipping families to see this mission come out. Would you imagine with us, but don't just imagine with us, would you partner with us in this priority? We're really excited about it. Preach I got it. up. Yeah. Preach it, Preach man. It. Preach you, know, it. you know, this is funny. This is the one thing I love about Rob. We're, we're sitting in just regular old meetings. This is totally rabbit trail. Would you guys go with the rabbit trail with me? Okay. So Rob, we're in meetings, and when Rob gets really passionate, he gets up and he starts doing this. So I, I'm, I'm looking maybe second service to get maybe get some of that <laughs> oh, going. I'm passionate, man. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> all right. All right. I love it. Okay, so let me refocus us, and then we want to sing. Mm-hmm. We want to sing, and we're going to launch out of here. here. Here's how I refocus us. Pray with us for all that God is going to do in this place. It's a marvelous place. I've, I love this church. Most of you in the room have been here a lot longer than me. I've come to love this church. I've come to love you all. This is where God has called me to be. It's where God has called, Lord willing, you to be, to invest in it. Let's be the body of Christ. And what's the number one thing God's called us to do together? To worship him. Here we go. He's where, yeah, there we you go. go. Come on, out, come man. on. Uh. We're going to worship. So that's how we want to close our service. Is a band's going to come back out. They're already making their way. We're going to sing two songs. In between these two songs, I'm going to lead you in a little bit of responsive reading that's going to call us out to be the body together. So let's do that. Would you pray with me? And then, and then we'll sing. Mm-hmm. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to sing. We thank you for what it means to be able to express ourselves in a way that, that has some passion to it and some energy and, and, and even some art. And God, I thank you for this body of men and women, these brothers and sisters, the, the, the members of this body of Christ that we call Fellowship Franklin. I thank you for what you're doing in our midst, the excitement of having new classrooms and new environment, the excitement of some new kids that will be coming because of these classrooms, and the excitement of these three priorities that we believe you've led us to, of making disciples and becoming a family of faith and equipping families. God, it all begins and ends with worship of you, so we pray that we would do that even now. Put our hearts into to the words as we sing. In Jesus' name, amen.